They could be twins. No, I'm not talking about a couple of cute babies. I mean the Kansas City Chiefs and Philadelphia Eagles. They meet in Phoenix this Sunday to decide the Super Bowl. And the similarities are eerie. The NFL's number one seeds are meeting to decide the champ. Both teams center Super Bowl 57 with a 16-3 record. They each scored 546 points this year. Each squad has six all-pro players. Quarterbacks Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes both had MVP caliber seasons, and they're both from Texas. There's even a Kelsey brother on each team. Jason playing for the Eagles. Travis is a chief. On paper, these teams are as evenly matched as they come. Who will win? All humans are equal as well. All made in God's image, I mean. All fallen in sin. But Jesus came to rescue sinners. And that's a win we rejoice in forever. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And here on this Friday, we're wrapping up a series called Return to the Hiding Place. Over the last couple of weeks on our weekday program, we've been thinking about the life of Corey Ten Boom and her family and friends who were helping hide Jews from the Nazis in the Netherlands. If you've ever read her book called The Hiding Place, or seen the movie based on the book, you know how powerful that story is. And there in the book, she shares how her Christian family was motivated to help Jews out in their town as the Nazis were hunting them down. She also shared how there was this teenage army of young people who helped them as well. And in just a moment, we're going to talk with the director, producer, and writer of the movie that helped tell her story. Hans Pillay was the very first person hidden behind the wall of her house. Now, he was a Christian. He wasn't a Jew. But he resisted. He refused on the, the campus to sign the Nazi declaration and join the Nazi party. Peter Spencer will be joining us soon to share from Texas how he brought Hans Poli's story to the silver screen, along with more of the Ten Booms family, with a movie called Return to the Hiding Place. Now, after this program, I'd really like to send you a DVD set with both the Return to the Hiding Place and The Hiding Place. The original movie, produced by Billy Graham's Worldwide Pictures, Both films will show you how Christians knew the unique presence of Christ in the worst of times, something we all need to know today. Call us after the program. Call 800-65-HAVEN. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or you can make your gift online, and when you're there, watch some of the videos we have about Corey and her movies. And our web address, where you can reach us, is haventoday.org. haventoday.org. Now let's open the program before we meet Peter Spencer with Stephen Curtis Chapman. And remember to remember. Well, I've been looking back over my shoulder, retracing every step, trying to unforget. And I see the mountaintops I've journeyed over, and I see the valleys deep where I crawl on my hands and knees. Pages and memories filled with joy and stained with tears. They call my name, and if I listen, I 
an understanding which is for the good of all. Listen to your own student president, Franz von Hasselt, who wishes to address you. It was once wisely said to me, as the will of the students goes, so goes the will of the nation. Stand with me today, no matter what the cost. This oath offers allegiance to Adolf Hitler and his kingdom on earth. My allegiance is to the kingdom of heaven! A very dramatic scene that we just heard from the movie called Return to the Hiding Place. Let's go to San Antonio, and with me on the line is Peter Spencer. He's the producer, director of the movie. Peter, welcome to Haven Today for the very first time. 
Oh, it's a privilege to be here. I'm glad that I've met y'all. Uh, my family of Believer friends is growing. You made the movie Return to the Hiding Place. Uh, I guess when I watched it, I thought, this is the backstory to Corey Ten Boom that well needed said. to be told. How did you decide and how did you learn that there was this backstory about this Christian army of teenagers that helped the Ten Boom family back in World War II in Holland? You know, it's, it's a great question because nobody seems to have asked it after the first film. And, and then you wouldn't. You would just assume people were bringing people in and people were kind of taking them out and helping them. But there was actually a little resistance group. It was called Rolls-Royce. And it was made up of all children, teenagers, except for one, Pete Hartog, who was 21, I believe, at the time. And uh, he was the leader. And he had had some military training. And um, I got involved in the film because I was debating an abortionist one day. And um, it was a big crowd. And afterwards, this tall, very, we're talking regal. This mm. used to be a, you know, it's, it's a very unique style today. When you see a man walk in the room, he's very regal. Mm-hmm. And um, he had white hair, 6'2 or so, thin man. And he walked up to me afterwards and he says, it looks like you and I have the same calling in life. I said, okay, you know, and um, you never know what somebody's going to say to you after you debate an abortionist. You, you hope they're on your side, not throwing eggs at your car. So he said, um, yeah, um, I used to, I lived during World War II and I saved Jews you save preborn babies. Mm. I said, well, what's your name? He goes, my name's Hans Pillay. And I saw it in my mind immediately. Wait a minute. I think that's connected to Corey Tenboom. I- you knew. Wow. Yeah. All right. Let's stop right there because th- unless somebody's seen the movie, they don't know who Hans Pillay is. You did because you had read the books and, 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 and you knew the story. Tell us who Hans Pillay was what was his connection to Corey Ten Boom? Hans Pillay was the very first person hidden behind the wall of her house. Now, he was a Christian. Uh, he wasn't a Jew, but he resisted. He refused on the, you know, the campus to sign the Nazi declaration and join the Nazi party. And they said, this is going to cost you. It's not like we're asking mm. you. Mm. And he said, well, you know, okay, you know. I'll think about it. So he goes basically home and his mother says, you know, somebody was at the door while you were out at the market or something. And it was the Nazis and they were saying, where's your son? Hmm. And uh, you're going to have to go into hiding son. And so make a long story short, he ended up, they knew the 10 booms and he went to the 10 booms uh, to hide. So he was the first one there being, of course, as a Christian, um, the issue of the Jews started coming up. And so he began gathering around him young people that thought it was wrong that the Jews were being persecuted and killed. The Christians were being persecuted, but Hitler was was putting them till later because at least he kind of resembled as a Germanic, a Christian. But he simply hated gypsies Mm. and Jews. Mm. But Corey loved the Jews. She loved Israel. She she believed that they were God's people. And so Hans said, we, you know, there's space here. Let's let's put him up here. And um, so it was really Hans Poli that helped lead the Ten Boom family to hide out Jews and smuggle hundreds of Jews through their house to safety. And they never lost a single Jew, I understand. 
That's correct. Out of 888 Jews that were hidden there, the teenage army just smuggled them out. And Hans took me on some of the routes through downtown Amsterdam, showing me where they would hide the Jews in the middle of the night until they got to the edge of the river and they would get on a boat and they would ferret them across uh, to other countries and all. Mm. Why do we need this story that you made the movie Return to the Hiding Place? Why do we need that story today? I would say a short answer is this. I close with these words when I was speaking at Max Lucado's conference. It was a battle for the mind. It was a men's conference. And we have become a religion as Christians, and we are not a religion. I mean, Hinduism is a religion, but we're a faith. We're an active faith. We, we are not religion. We are followers of a living Christ. And so I ended it with the same reason, and I would talk with Hans about this. The Christian faith is not a religion. It's not a religion. It's a revolution against the kingdom of darkness. In other words, true Christianity will be willing to resist at the cost of life the godless, those who hate God, our God, which is the reality of what Hans did. And the second reason is, is because it's about how teenagers made a difference in the world mm -hmm. that the world has heard about for the last 50 years. Um, I remember as a boy going to seeing the hiding place at a movie theater. And, mm -hmm. um, but nobody really knew who the heroic people were that rescued those 888 people that all survived. And it was children. And so young people today don't have a vision. They don't have a great vision for their lives. They're not being given great visions. They go home, they watch TV, whatever. Um, they might play sports if it's, you know, that's good for them, but they don't, they aren't being given vision and, uh, uh, you know, those without a vision perish, the word of God says. Yes. And, um, I really have a heart for young people catching vision. Yes. As you reflect back, as you met these different people, many of the characters in your movie lost their lives because of their faith. Right. Does that encourage you? even though they had to die because they were Christians and they were trying to save lives? Of course, death that encourages, yet death of the saints is precious as the sight of the Lord, the Scripture says. So what it does is it encourages me that the Spirit of God within us can make us do that which our bodies say no. Because we, you know, survival is, is built within us. So, but it did encourage me, uh, those young people that did stand up on that beach that last day, and it was only days later that the Germans had to leave, and it's that's what's kind of sad, but yeah, it encourages me that they were willing to give their lives, and if it encourages me, I am at the same time convicting myself and almost vowing before the Lord, therefore, if that encourages me, therefore should I be. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. If that time comes, because Hans said to me, Peter, I fought the Nazis and we tried to get rid of them. And I, uh, that's a different story for another day, but um, found a little piece of the law here in San Antonio that allowed me to close down over half the abortion clinics, literally close them down. And um, Planned Parenthood sued me for doing it, but we won the lawsuit um, because we legally had found just a letter of the law that. I could close them down. And so he says, and with your battle, it's been for the unborn, like the Jews, defenseless. But he said, what's coming 
in the 21st century is going to be the battle for the Christians. Hmm. We are going to be put under the microscope and suddenly treated as second-class citizens, a unique group, mm. if we don't ABC. And he said, it'll probably, and I've always believed this since I was young, um, he said, it'll begin with tax issues, you know, nonprofits, you know, why are we giving you nonprofit status? And, and you know, that's a long story. It's because in the old days, the church was one that fed the poor that were around their churches. So the government said, hey, we'll let you get a break. But he said, but then it's going to come down to Christians being those who, are disobeying the government because, and he said, they'll find a list of it. The Nazis found a list. Uh, and so um, he said, you know, you'll outlive me. And uh, he says, but that's what I see. So every day pray against that. Mm. And it was mm. words of wisdom because Christians have been persecuted in the Soviet Union. They are persecuted in China. They are persecuted around the world, just like the Jews were. And Christians don't get involved. And um, a lot of saints, Armenians, people like that, had lost their lives. So um, that's, you know, that's kind of the direction that Hans really, when he told me the story and the backstory, I was inspired uh, to maybe uh, before the troops rolled into town, start waking Christians up. And that's the third purpose of the movement. Mm. The second, of course, being the youth, but just waking Christians up in general, this could happen here. Yes. That's right. Let me ask you a question that I ask just about everybody who's ever on our program. You're a filmmaker. You've had an amazing career doing a lot of things. But you're a follower of Jesus. Peter Spencer, what does Jesus mean to you? You know, what's precious about that question is that Jesus, of course, is God and Yahweh in the flesh, Jehovah in the flesh, that God, you know, I've said this to people who couldn't quite understand. And I said, look at it this way. You know, people go, yeah, yeah. Well, God has so easy. I mean, he is God. He's up there in heaven. He doesn't know. This is like the old spiritual. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows like Jesus. And it's really true. You know, they said, well, God doesn't really feel what's happening down here. And God said, you know what? I'm going to show you. I'm willing to feel, even though I don't have to. I never sinned. I'm willing to feel what you feel and suffer what you suffer and the indignities and the shame. And then on top of that, I'm going to have, I'm going to pour your sins upon my son to suffer those for those sins. And the blood is going to cover it. But don't ever again say, I don't get it. I don't get you humans. I don't get the suffering you're feeling because I voluntarily went under suffering where most of you, it was simply because of circumstance. And that is the most outrageously generous kind God. And that's the most amazing Jesus that we often forget about. You know, when we think about Jesus, this was a volunteer mission, suicide mission that he came on. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you the truth, that is a heroic Jesus. So I yes. think of my Jesus, I, I know sanctification, atonement, justification, redemption, all of the things that the cross and the resurrection created. But I see God in human form as heroic. And uh, mm-hmm. I did a Heroes of the Faith series years ago. But Jesus is a heroic master. And I think we ought to teach our kids about Jesus 
being a hero, because if they see him as a hero, they're reading comic books for heaven's sakes. If they see our God as a hero, I think it'll change their paradigm. He's not just this religious figure or a Catholic figure hanging on a wall as a crucifix. Yes. Peter Spencer, the man who made Return to the Hiding Place. Thank you for joining us and being with us here on the program today. And and thank you for blessing us with this movie. It's been a great joy to have you on the program. You guys have been a blessing. I'm honored to be on your program. So thank you. In a time of trouble, in a time forlorn, there is a hiding place where hope is born. In a time of danger, when our faith is proved, there is hiding place where we are loved there is a hiding place a strong protective space where God provides the grace to persevere for nothing the Haven Quartet from our Refuge album. And The Hiding Place and You Are My Hiding Place combined. I'm Charles Morris, and I'm thankful 
we were able to get to know Peter Spencer today and share a little of Hans Poli's story with you. Hans and Corey Ten Boom saw the worst of humanity in World War II. They both were sent to concentration camps for helping hide Jews. And they both would testify to this precious truth. There is no pit so deep. God's love is not deeper still. I'd like to send you their two movies called The Hiding Place and Return to the Hiding Place. And as you watch both of these feature films, you'll be greatly uplifted to see how the steadfast love of the Lord never ceased to be with them and her family and her Christian friends, even as they faced the Nazis and the concentration camps. Billy Graham's Worldwide Pictures produced the original movie, and the sequel was made a few years ago by the man you just met, Peter Spencer. Both are epic stories to watch, and I think they'll encourage you that the Lord is just as present with us today as he was way back in World War II. Here's the number you need to call right now. We ask for your financial support, but then we'd like to send you the DVD set. When you call 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN, or go to our website, experience some of the video that we put up from the late Corey Ten Boom. You can make your gift there and get the set of The Hiding Place and return to The Hiding Place. Our web address is haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And if this program today has been a blessing to you, if you listen to us frequently, Would you pray about becoming a Haven partner? That's somebody that agrees to pray regularly and give automatically monthly for us to keep sharing Christ in a fallen world. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again next time when again together we'll share the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Christians are called to live their life coram Deo. It's a fancy theologian's word for living life as if you're before the Lord's face at all times. Coram Deo means before the face of God. Sometimes we imagine that face to be frowning or glaring at us, especially when we fall into sin. But that's not the case. If we are in Christ, it means we're under his smile. So David's words from 1 Chronicles 16 brings joy. Look to the Lord in his strength. Seek his face always. In Christ, that face is smiling at us, not frowning. Because in Jesus, our sin has been dealt with. Our reason for fear has been taken care of. Spend more time with Jesus. Visit GetAnchor.com.